Ooh, a spicy question. I <laughs> because love it. Because the writing is sort of everything, right? Like you could can fix plot holes, but if the yeah. writing... So some there. readers love that and some readers are like, but I wanted more of this. So it's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of a gamble. Hello and welcome back to the Right and Wrong podcast. On this week's episode, I'm excited to be joined by best-selling contemporary fiction author Charlotte Levin. Hi, welcome to Hello. the podcast. Hello. Hi, Jamie. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. Now, I wanted to emphasize something as I was kind of looking at this introduction. When someone says to me, oh, so-and-so is a best-selling author, my brain goes to, oh, so there must be this must be over the course of many books. But to clarify for everyone listening, Charlotte's debut was a bestseller. Uh, that was so one of one was a bestseller, which is an incredible achievement. <laughs> Thank you. And not to worry for anyone listening, because her second novel, which has actually been chosen as one of Richard and Judy's book club picks, If I Let You Go, has just come out. Um, Charlotte, I'd, I'd love it if you could tell us a little bit about the new novel. Yeah, thank you. So um, it's quite different to my first, actually. So If I Let You Go, it's about um, a woman called Janet who lives a quite a mundane life. She's a cleaner. She's got an awful husband called Colin, and they're both dealing with a loss, an awful loss that happened 11 years ago. But Janet is involved in a train crash, and it seemingly appears to change her life, but not everything is quite as it seems. It's quite a hard book to talk about without giving <laughs> without giving things away. Oh yeah, yeah, I've had I've had enough thriller authors on here to know that you have to leave lots of blanks in your synopsis. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. It's not really a thriller. It's sort of like suspense, um, and it's all okay. set set up north um, because yeah. I am from up north. Yes, from Manchester, right? Yes, indeed. Yes. Uh, both of your novels are kind of focused around Manchester area, are they not? Uh, well, no. The the first. Um, if I Can't Have You is set in London, but the protagonist has just moved from Manchester. Uh, okay, so okay. she she's from Man- <laughs> she's a Mancunian, but the book isn't set there. Okay, great. You are representing the yes. Mancunians all over the place. <laughs> exactly. Just <laughs> keep sticking us in there. Yes, that's right. I was trying to kind of figure out the the, the genre for your book because I'm always, genres are such a like, uh, it's kind of like a, a, a difficult thing to pin down. Yeah. I'm not, I, f- I don't feel knowledgeable enough to identify things as specific genres. So I, I kind of said, oh, contemporary fiction. Yeah. Is that about it? Well, yeah. I mean, to be honest, like I had, um, I was very naive to genre when I started writing a book and I thought, oh, you just write a story and that's fine. And then on submission, I realized that, um, genre is really important when you're submitting and for both agents and for them to sell it to publishers and all my feedback well a lot of my feedback was we really like this but we don't know what to do with it because it straddles genres and even with the publishers um it was we don't know what to do with this because it straddles genres so we've never really defined the genre um (laughs) I mean, the first one was sort of marketed as a psychological thriller, but it isn't really, it doesn't follow the course that psychological thrillers take. Um, But in the reviews, it's like, some people are like, if you love psychological thrillers, buy this. And then underneath will be a review going, this is not a psychological thriller, how dare they? (laughs) So it is a bit like that. So contemporary is fine because they're both definitely contemporary, but beyond that, I don't really know. Okay, but there's definitely elements of things like uh, psychological thriller and just kind of drama and things like that. Yeah, yeah, I think they're more they're psychological, but more with the psychology 
of right. people. It's like they're morally grey characters, yeah. both of them. Um, so it's it's psychological, but yeah, edging more to the character-driven psychology rather than the plot of psychological thrillers. Mm, okay, okay. Character, character-driven drama, I guess. Yeah, yeah. They're both definitely character-driven, that's for sure. Okay. But in terms of themes, that there is a theme. I, I mean, there's a theme going on with your titles. Um, yeah. And I know these are, off, these are, I would say, probably most likely thing to change when you sign with a, with a publisher or whatever is, is the title. Yeah. Um, but, so you've obviously got your debut, uh, If I Can't Have You, and then the new one, If I Let You Go. Was, was If I Can't Have You... Was that the original title that no, you had given it? No. no, it wasn't. So it was called An Explanation of Love. And my oh. editor really loved the title. And we were going to keep it for a long time. And then at the end, it was like, no, it's for a debut. It's sort of too long and, you know, not grabby enough. So yeah. they changed it to If I Can't Have You. And then we went through Title Hell for the second one. And then they went for that I think to tie in the two the two books because they are quite different so I think mm-hmm. there was sort of like bridging bridging um, me as an author with the titles yeah keep kind of cre- part of creating your brand as a, yeah as an exactly I don't know how long that will go on though um <laughs> the <laughs> so, if brand <laughs> yeah exactly I'm not sure I want to have the if brand but yeah oh, okay so you don't know if, if if book number three will be if something 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 no, well, book number three is about an agoraphobic woman, and I keep thinking, are they going to do if I can't go outside? Or something? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where this one will go, but yeah, maybe, maybe that's what will happen. Okay, okay. Well, I think that's it's really good that you obviously, you know, it's 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 your baby. You're creating this thing, but it seems mm-hmm. like you're you're kind of not so precious about the titles here. No, I think I what I've learned, like going through publishing, you kind of have to pick your battles a bit. And, you know, there are things that I have gone, I really, you know, I really don't like this. And I'm so lucky, my publishers are amazing. And my editor, especially Wayne Brooks, he listens to me and takes on board what I'm saying. Um, You know, I don't always get my own way with it. But he at least, you know, is prepared to hear me out. Um, So I think I had to trust and it, and they were right um, that I needed a more, a title that was more, that grabbed readers more and they were right. So there's certain things that you kind of have to trust. If you really, really, really don't like something, um, then I, you know, I think it's good to at least push back or give a good reason why not. And I have done that. Um, But you do have to kind of pick your battles and the title. I'm, Covers are more important to me than the title. I oh, felt. Okay. Did, were you kind of quite involved with the with the cover art, the cover design at like that? Um, not really. I, the first one, um, the, you know, they sent me like a mock up, and I had some other ideas for it, which were added. And um, and I was lucky that I really loved the cover. The mm-hmm. the second one, I think it went. They had a whole completely different cover, and they kind of changed tack very late on in the game. Um, so I had less kind of involvement because there was less time to kind of have a choice on it. But I did, I, again, I, I did really still like the cover. So I was lucky in that department. Otherwise that would have been quite, 
quite awful. I think if you hate your cover, that's yeah. quite a, a difficult <laughs> yes. one. I have heard of it happening. And then yeah. you as the author have to sort of uh, just grin your teeth and bear it. And then exactly. like, yes, my, my, yeah. <laughs> my beautiful baby. I um, know, it's hard. And it's what's weird is actually seeing how a publisher interprets your book as well, because the, yeah. the, the cover they put is sort of like, you know, their representation of what they believe is inside the book. And that can be really weird at first. <laughs> yeah. Uh, your, your your covers are quite minimalist in terms of the amount there's not a there's not like uh, some covers are you know there's a lot going on there's a lot of noise yeah. on the cover. yours are quite simple they are very simple and I did when we when I first got signed and I went for um, a meal with my editor and agent and I just said the clause please can I not have a woman running away in a Mac um, and <laughs> that was never going to be part of the thing anyway but I just I really because yeah. my book isn't like those kind of thrillers and i would be upset if it was sort of marketed as that because there'd be yeah. a lot of disappointed readers so yeah 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 well you've got the cute dog on the front so i've that's, got a dog on the front yeah, yes always a win instead. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of you know this is your second novel i've spoken to many authors who uh have been in that similar position to you and they have talked about the the sort of new challenges that come with the second novel because often the the process like from writing and inception can be very different to what it was like with your first one how did you find yeah oh awful awful (laughs) honestly but the only thing is i didn't realize that actually book three is worse so um, it doesn't get easier it gets worse i think and yeah because you know i took a good five years plus to write the first one yeah and there was no pressure I did it when I really wanted to do it and no one was really going to read it. So I was sort of free to be creative. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, then you do the second one and it's just like a, an entirely different thing. I, I only had a one book deal, but I made a deal sort of um, on a partial of my second one. And then, so I still had to write the whole one with a, a deadline and I, I found it very stressful and it yeah. was weird because my first one was doing really well and I know this sounds ridiculous but every time I got a really good review for my first one I was like well I can't do that again so it just like <laughs> added pressure you know so yeah. um yeah yeah because then it's like yeah how can I achieve this because you know your first novel became a has become a bestseller just achieving that it's like oh how can I hit the same bar is the first one it's yeah so it, it was really difficult especially because I was writing such a different book as well but you know um all you all you can do is write the book you want to write and yeah. um and it and it's amazing how it turns out okay in the end you can't <laughs> it, it feels like it and that's what I'm telling myself right now in the middle yeah. of first draft hell for book three <laughs> that it does turn out okay yeah but it's not all you know the, the challenges are there because as you say there's there's a time pressure now there is there are people kind of waiting for this but at the same time you do have a greater support network around you like presumably you were working with your editor from a very early age early age early early <laughs> stage of, of 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 the of this one um well not with this one because i'm out of contract so it's just me it's just me on my own again Wait, we're talking about my... the current oh, right. right sorry the... sorry um <laughs> okay and um, yeah no, so i did yeah so i did i did send um stuff through and i was able to get 
feedback and I, when I, I had a couple of problems and I spoke them through. So yes, there is that definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that is definitely helpful. And it's brilliant when you, you know, like with my first one and you think that it's finished and you think that you've done it as well as you can. Yeah. And then an editor comes and gives you all these amazing notes and then it's just so much better. And, <laughs> you know, it's, it's amazing how you do when you submit that you think, right, well, this is as good as it can be now. And it's, it's really not, but it wasn't <laughs> for me anyway. Yeah. 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 True. 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 And outside of the actual construction of the, you know, the craft of creating the story itself, going through, you know, two books out, going through the sort of publishing machine for the second time mm-hmm. in, in terms of like promotions, like doing the editing cycles, doing the bits and bobs like that. Did it, did it, was it a bit more, was that part a little bit easier? Cause you kind of knew what to expect. Um, yeah, I suppose. I think you just learn more about how things work yeah. every time it happens. Um, so like for example with my first one I got the copy edits back and I read it I sort of had presumed that everything was okay with the copy edits and then I did a read through for the proof pages and there was like quite a significant timeline issue Uh. um, like a big mistake um and I had to like change them on proof pages which obviously you're not supposed to do um so for my second one there was like no way I was gonna (laughs) just trust you know what I mean it's like I I couldn't I I wasn't I didn't trust it completely because ultimately it it lands on the author Mm -hmm. um so things like that like I, I knew the process more I knew that I couldn't just accept accept change accept change without checking it um so I was I was definitely more clued up that's for sure yeah that's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you are, as you say, like you learn as you go with these things. The next yeah. time, you know, you make a mistake one time, the second time you're like, okay, no, I'm going to double check. I'm going to make sure that doesn't happen again. Yeah, exactly. And it was all fine this time. Um, so it was probably a, a, anonymous, I can never say that word, anomaly. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I still will always check now because, um, you yeah. know, if that happened again and mistakes do, you know, everyone's human at every stage. Yeah proofread everyone is human so um you know it's certainly not impossible i spot i you know i read a lot of uh, very successful books and i spot typos in them all the time so. yeah yeah <laughs> it, it doesn't detract from the book it's like yeah it's just a nice reminder that everyone is human <laughs> exactly and that proofreader that missed that typo there was probably like thousands of others that they didn't miss and you just you just don't yeah. see that bit yeah um, exactly so that that one typo that slipped past like so many pairs of eyes <laughs> exactly i know it's crazy i mean as as an author i think you just become like blind to it really because you yeah. you, you fill in the blanks of what it should be because you've read it so much so it's really hard i've read um or i've i've, I've spoken to people who uh, as part of their proofreading proofreading phase they will copy their whole document and then mm. change the font to a different font and uh, reread it okay and apparently yeah. it just completely like re because there's an good. author you're too close to it right so when you read it i put it on my kindle and when i put it on my oh. kindle it's like as if i'm just reading a book <laughs> and then everything stands out which which can be good or not good it depends on <laughs> and some people record themselves reading it to hear how yeah. it's paced and stuff yeah well, i read out and i use um you know, on, on Word, there's like the voice read back. I use that as yeah, well yeah, when yeah, I read yeah. stuff out. So, yeah, there's lots of ways. You just have to keep 
coming at it from different things so yeah the mistakes pop out here yeah yeah that's it that's it i noticed that you you said and this this is interesting to me because you're published by mantle which is one of pan mcmillan's imprints yes and so you said that so it was a one book contract initially yeah but then you that you you signed a second book which is which is which is this book if i let you go yeah off a partial was that as part of the first contract do you get a sort of first right of refusal thing so like did 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 pam mcmillan or mantle get to see your first draft yeah so you you have you have to show them your first draft i think like i was in a position where they did want to have another book from me um it was just they were checking that i it it wasn't a fluke or i hadn't (laughs) found yeah so it was um so yeah they said they needed the the opening bit Okay. Well, I have, I do think it's, it's becoming more and more common for, for just single book deals. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, I, 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 I prefer to have a one book deal. It's both a risk and can also go in your favor. Yeah. Um, but like for this book, I've, I want to finish the book because I don't want to be as stressed as I was last time. So I'm hopefully <laughs> going to just finish, get a first draft of the book and then submit it you know, back to Pam Mac and yeah. hopefully do a deal then. But yeah, there's loads of different ways. And, and, you know, some people really like having that two book deal because it makes them feel secure that they know that their next book is definitely going to be published, whatever. And, yeah. and I completely understand that way of thinking as well. So it depends like, you know, what, what's most important to you. Yeah. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And th- there is no right or wrong, no. you know, way of doing it for, from either side, from the other side or the, or the uh, publisher side, I don't think. No, it's, it's all very personal. And, uh, and some, some publishers only want to do two book deals, some yeah. want. So, you know, you just have to see what's on offer and, and what, what you feel is best for you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and I mean, speaking of publishing uh, in, in the kind of wild uniqueness of everyone's journey through publishing, I'd love to dial it back a bit and ask, well, first of all, if I can't have you, your debut novel, which came out in 2020, yeah, was that the, you, know, you said you spent about five years writing it. Was that the first kind of complete manuscript that you'd ever written? Yeah, it was, but I had done a, a terrible, terrible <laughs> terrible version of it and sort of just scrapped it all and started again but with the the same premise the same character names Um, that's interesting but the whole thing was different it was completely different I just knew that it wasn't right um that's one thing like uh, some of my author friends are like slightly in awe with how I can just go that's not right I'm just going to scrap it all and they're like no that's horrific um <laughs> so yeah so I start again so yes it is the only book I've written um but it, it is a sort of second version of yeah. the only book I've written and for and, and a from scratch second version not a like I edited this yeah like, no not yeah. I mean there was there, were, there was a few little lines and like one paragraph that's it um the whole thing is completely different like in the first one she was a waitress and he came into a bar and didn't run her without pay it was just a completely different book yeah well that's like a really extreme version of of a style of writing that i think a few people i've spoken to do where um i've spoken to authors who will write out a chapter and mm-hmm. then just delete it and 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 write it again. 
Right. Because the more times you write it, it, it's the Stephen King mentality of if it's worth remembering, you'll remember it. If it's not worth remembering, yeah, it was no, I, cut it anyway. I don't think I could do that. But I do go, <laughs> I mean, I do go over things and I caught, I mean, I caught about 30,000 words of just stuff that I didn't use for the second book. Um, right. It takes me ages to start a book Yeah. because I, I spend just so long trying to get finding my way into how I'm going to tell the story. Uh-huh. Um, so I, I do do that. Like I, I mean, for my third book, um, I've got like a file of just openings that are just never going to be used. So, oh, nice. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's good to have, it's good to know what you're not using though. I think it's good to, mm. if like, if, if you're having one of those days where it's like, I just don't want to write today or I don't know where to go with the story. If you just write mm-hmm. something, it can then set you on the right path, having yeah. the thing you're not going to use, I think. Exactly. You just It's about freeing yourself up. And I think that is what changes a little bit when you're writing your second, third book is you, you do feel slightly less free because you are reluctant to write, to spend time writing things that you can't use because you have time constraints. Yeah, um, So it's just stepping back and thinking, no, that's part of the process. So I have to do that. Um, because I do think that is, I think, I almost think you have to write wrong things to get to the right things. I think, yes, I don't think yeah. there's any way around it really. That's the, I, forgot, I think it's Bill Hader and, and another screenwriter or something that, that they're like, yeah, their, their motto for writing is make mistakes fast. And like yes. you, you, you write all the bad stuff, get feedback as much as you can so that you can get to the good stuff quickly. Yeah. And I, I, I just, I mean, there are authors I'm sure who just immediately write the good stuff, but for me, it's almost like a process of elimination. I have to try yeah. stuff out and go, no, that, that doesn't work. That doesn't work. And just keep going like that. And then you find the gems inside that, but, if, but without giving yourself that freedom to do it all wrong, I yeah. just don't know how you can find the right stuff. Well, I can't anyway. <laughs> well you have i mean you have two published books now but you, you, you get there eventually it's about polishing it into a diamond right yes yeah, yeah i mean yeah. i do so many edits I, I hate first drafts with a passion ah, okay. um but i love editing so i yeah. just edit and edit and edit yeah 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 so going back to that first book you said about five years you were you spent writing it hmm. what was i'm gonna guess that you're with joe williamson that's your literary agent i'm gonna yes. guess that you signed with joe before you signed with mantle yes so um well I was I'd given up on that book to be honest because oh. I'd been on submission for so long and I was just getting rejected was that submission and with Joe they, or submission no, to so, Joe? no submissions to agents right okay and I just was rejected by everyone some really really liking it but saying they didn't know how to sell it because they because it they don't know what genre it is yeah um and then, so I started writing this other kind of ghost story thing. And then okay. I had an agent come back to me saying, oh, I really love this, but it needs a lot of work. So I thought, okay, I, I can do that. So I spent six months rewriting it. Mm-hmm. And I went out to submission on agents that I hadn't already been uh, rejected by. It, it was like 32 in total that I got rejected by. And then okay. um, with the new version, I got, instantly got lots of requests for fulls i had like five requests in like a week or something and i tweeted about that and um joe we were following each other but i didn't even consider joe because she's a children's agent 
and she messaged me and said can I have a look and um I she had a look and she liked it and I, it was still out with other agents but I just kind of like really liked Joe and thought well you know I've been rejected so much and I've got an agent here who really likes it and I really like her so why not let's just do this oh, amazing was that even the question? Like, yeah, I that think was I went on a, on a bit of a tangent there. <laughs> that was my question, plus all the follow-up questions. You covered it. <laughs> Save me the time. <laughs> Sorry. That's amazing, though. Gosh, imagine an agent reaching out to you and asking to see a manuscript. <laughs> I know, I know. So it was, um, yeah, so that, that, was, that was a real turn-up for the book. So I'd gone from being rejected by 32 agents, yeah. giving up on it, and then the agent that really loved it, um, but asked me for a rewrite, I sent it to her and she was like, oh, it's so much better, but I don't love it anymore. <laughs> um, so wow. like, okay. you just never know. Exactly. So, um, but I'm so glad for her because yeah. if she hadn't have loved it, but needed rewrites, I wouldn't have done that. And I could just tell, I could just tell it was so much better when I did it the, the second time. Well, yeah, that's great. Time. So, I mean, yeah, it, it, she didn't take it in the end, but that agent, you know, did you such a such a great favor by saying, "Listen, this is, this is there's something brilliant here." But uh, definitely, yeah, amazing. absolutely. So, yeah, so you know, also kind of if you get any feedback, even if it's a rejection, kind of use that, use that if you can. Yeah, if you've got yeah, any yeah. info in there, because yeah. um, it is gold dust, really, because not everyone, well, most people don't say anything. It's just a rejection. Yes, uh, because yeah, there's just too many people for them to get through a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then and I, I guess once you were with Joe, was it a was the the submission from agent to to when you started sending it to publishers to like the editors at the publishing houses? Was that a long process? Um, well, it was strange because um, so she sent it to Wayne, my publisher, and he expressed interest within twelve hours. Ooh. But then it was like still out with people and I was, I had the same feedback, a lot of it with, we really love this, but we don't know how to market it. It was the same yeah. thing again on, on repeat. And I, it was still out with people who apparently were liking it and still sort of thinking about going forward with it. But then I got a preempt offer and I really liked um, what Wayne had to say about it and it's like he really actually didn't care about that struggling thing he just really got what I was doing so regardless of even if I'd sort of been offered more or whatever I was I really really wanted to go with him so I accepted his offer so I don't know whether it would have got other offers or not I'm not sure I mean well that's great I mean to 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 even if it wasn't like signed and like sort of offered on at that point, but to, to have interest expressed. Yeah. That yeah. No, it was brilliant. It was really brilliant. Especially after being on, on sub to agents for, for like such a long time before that, for it then. So yeah, no, to... exactly. And it's so, it's such a weird process submissions because I know people that are like now lead titles and having amazing things happen with their books and they were on submission for like 18 months. Yeah. So, you know, it's, you just really don't know. All, all you need is that one editor to love yeah. it and yeah. then you know then you're good to go yeah exactly well and it just just goes to show how subjective the whole thing is like it's it's not often it's you know the quality of submissions nowadays is so high it's rarely about good or bad it's about right place right time absolutely the, you know what the publishers have coming out you know what the what's popular on the market right now the zeitgeist is it's there's so many things out of so your many control things. as an author. And I feel like, you know, it, it, 
very easily could have gone another way for me. You know, I could have just not done rewrites and thought, oh, well, forget it, and then done another book. And, you know, it, it feels very tentative all the time. And it, and it doesn't actually stop feeling that tentative yeah. even when you're published, you know, because it's a very up and down business. So, um, you know, you can be riding high one minute and then get dropped but then you know have a bestseller the next book it's you've got to really ride the waves on it it's it's yeah. very precarious really yeah you never know but it but it has worked out for you that book did get published yes, it became it a bestseller did. and I'm now your lucky. second book if i let you go is out right now for anyone listening if they want to go and check it out and that brings us to what is always the final question the much dreaded if you were stranded on a desert island, Charlotte, uh, which book would you wish to have with you? Well, the, I'm going to go with my. So there's either like the literary um, answer or my genuine, <laughs> the genuine answer. When I saw that, the first thing that came into my head was okay. um, basically "How to Stay Alive" by Bear Grylls. Because if nice. I'm on a desert island. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, yeah. there's lovely books out there, but I think that would be the most useful. Smart, smart choice. What would have been <laughs> the literary choice if you were um, to... I, well, I was going to say like um, War and Peace or something because I've never read it and it would last a long time. You'd have time. the time, yeah. <laughs> it's a big old book. Yeah. Um, amazing. Well, in, uh, you know, a very smart choice, uh, probably smarter <laughs> than most people's choices. <laughs> Uh, to take to the desert island thank you so much charlotte for coming on the podcast it's been really cool chatting with you hearing all about your writing and your kind of experiences with the publishing no thank you for having me it's been great and for anyone wanting to keep up with what Charlotte is doing, you can follow her on Twitter at TinyCharlotte72, on Instagram at TinyCharlotte29, or on Facebook and TikTok at CharlotteLevinAuthor. To make sure you don't miss an episode of this podcast, follow along on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook. You can support the show on Patreon. And for more bookish chat, check out my other podcast, The Chosen Ones and Other Tropes. Thanks again to Charlotte and thanks to everyone listening. We'll catch you on the next episode. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 